0: The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 19th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It's a great day to talk about money, and that's why I'm here and what the show is all about, how to make money save money and have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411 1150 with any questions or suggestions that you have for future shows. You can also go to the moneyhour.com. And the lineup for studio today, I have Frank Savali with Cascade Team and preparing for a business for sale. If you own a business and you're thinking of putting that business on the market be a great conversation with frank also in studio i have uh tony sablon with new york life eagles strategies and we're going to be talking about financial planning and how to be successful at that and last guest in studio antoine Hawthorne with Reed Longyear Law Group. Today, get the steps to uh, consider when it comes to estate planning and taxes. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any of the topics discussed, again, you can call the show at one 855 1150 1150 one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And let's start out the show today, as always, with a little money chat. Money. How about some tips today on purchasing new construction? It's a crazy market out there for all of you home buyers, and maybe it's an opportunity to get into some of the new construction sites and see if it's I'm a little less competitive. I don't know. My arena is the mortgage side of it, but I want to step in and talk on the real estate side and just a little bit about new construction, some things to think about. So find a great agent. It's really important that you're working with an agent that has experience with new construction because it is different than uh, than resale. Now, site agent, just to remember that the site agent works for the builder or the listing company that represents the builder. So the benefit for that is they know the structure Of the offer and and maybe how to to appeal to the builder the downside is if there's any issues that come up they represent the builder so keep that in mind outside agent is completely representing you and has no ties to the actual builder or to the listing agent that's representing that builder so tip ask your agent to check the sales registration policy before you go uh, your agent may be able to uh, register you online, so you have uh, the ability to visit the model at your convenience, or you can arrange a time to look at the community with your agent separately. And that's again, if you're using an outside agent, which I I've suggest that that's. Uh, the best thing to do because again if there's any challenges, things that comes up you want to make sure you have your own representation. Now be creative d- during the negotiations. Builders don't like to drop the prices. Uh, builders are often reluctant to set precedent for negotiating prices since future buyers are going to be de- coming into that development and builders are often more likely to negotiate on the back end since closing costs and upgrades are a less obvious way to, in, to kind of sweeten that deal. Now in this market you're not seeing a lot of negotiation because of what's happening with the lack of inventory, but uh, just having that understanding of builders, it's really about price and setting the precedents for uh, future buyers that are coming in. Now, uh, tip: if you're considering with the offer, with the offer, ask your agent to do the the research on the builder and what he's done uh, in the past for recent sales. Uh, get everything in writing. So, don't sign anything until everything has been negotiated, agreed upon and written into the contract. If you're considering purchasing a home that is not yet complete, it's very important to spell out how the home's going to be finished, what will happen if the con- with the construction if it's not completed on time, the deadlines for decisions that will occur through the process. Verbal com- conversations are not going to get you anywhere. Closing dates really important because new construction, especially when it's not com- if it's not completed, you've got an interest rate that you're locking in, so you want to make sure that you are locked in for the period of time that you really need. And no matter how bad that builder wants to close that loan on time because he's paying interest until it closes, traditionally new construction always gets delayed. So you want to make sure that you're covered on that lock period of time. And then what happens if you're not? Who's responsible for that? Uh, what you see is it's always what you get. So the fit and the finish of the model home doesn't necessarily represent what comes standard. Often the model home obviously what you see isn't always what you get. So it is the model home. So you want to be cautious and understand that the those are, there's other uh, options that you might be looking at to purchase on the home to make it more appealing. So keep in mind, again, that model is going to be represented at the best look of that home. So make sure that you're looking at all the options and understanding what the cost associated uh, to that home is. Now, do your research on the builder, uh, visit other developments, and talk with other homeowners if you've got the opportunity to do that. Uh, a lot of times, a, a real estate agent that doesn't represent the builder again, an agent that's outside of that, they are actually working with more than one buyer in that uh, area. Maybe it's an area that they focus on in a community that they focus on. So you can get an idea of other buyers that have purchased and see the experience that they've had with that builder. Ask your agent if they've worked with the builder in the past and are they aware of their reputation? Uh, get some information there because that is going to matter. Get a home, the home inspected. New homes have problems as well. Hire an inspector to to make uh, and make sure everything's safe and up to code. So even though the home has passed permit inspections, an independent verification will qualify the inspector. Uh, it's it's well worth your money to make sure that you do that. Now on new construction, inspectors also normally will have with a, a one year that they'll actually come back out and relook at the home again to make sure. Um, that there's no issues that come up. And again, that's with almost any inspector will do that. So make sure that you ask about that for your new, new construction. And again, always get a home inspection, new construction or not. Now find out what's covered. Many new homes come with warranties from the builder, but not all warranties are created equal. So know what it is and what it covers for how long. Many builders use third-party warranty companies. In some cases, the manufacturer has certain products like Windows, uh, that may they may separately warranty or guarantee. And the builder might refer all issues for those components to the manufacturer instead of handling the issues directly. Now the builder should be able to provide you details of which part of the home is covered Um, By which policy. So tip, ask your agent to obtain warranty information early in the process so uh, your offer can be protected or prepared to address any concerns up front. So look into the future, check with the uh, city to see what the plan for the surrounding area is if you're purchasing new construction. Uh, If you have a view, you want to make sure that that view is going to still be there uh, maybe five years down the road. Most builders put The responsibility back to you as the buyer to be aware of the neighborhood and the community dynamics related to other developments in the area, like traffic planning, uh, development of neighborhood parcels. Uh, Many new communities also have homeowners associations that can impact your potential new home sell as well. So make sure you look into that. Uh, Do your homework on the lenders. So don't automatically assume that the builder's lender is going to be the best option for you. Sometimes the builder lender is going to be the best option. Sometimes they have incentives that are attached with the builder that you need to use their preferred lender, but always get opinions outside of the builder's uh, represented lender because sometimes those uh, fees are actually worked into what you're getting in the overall mortgage. So you want to make sure that you're just doing Your comparison. Um, So there's just some things to think about if you're looking at purchasing new construction. Again, it's a crazy market out there for all of you buyers. Great market for you as a seller. But as a buyer, don't give up, keep the fight. You'll get a home. You've just got to be prepared for what's happening in this market with a lack of inventory. Look to your real estate expert to make sure that you've got the best advice possible on how to strategize your offer so that you can be competitive and ultimately uh, win in this uh, market that we're in. Coming up next on the Money Hour, do you own a business? And my next guest is going to be talking to you about how to prepare that business for sale if you do and you're thinking about that. I have Frank Savali with the Cascade team right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
2: Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1 800 424 8580 or visit PeaceCore.gov.
0: You're listening to the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 19th show. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a brief rebroadcast, but I am here to answer any questions that you have. You can call the show at one 855 41150 or online at the com. and if there's any questions that you have for the guests that I have in studio, uh, again you can call the show number 1855 41150. Right now in studio I'm going to have a conversation with Frank Savali with the Cascade team and we're talking about preparing your business for sale. Frank, thanks for coming back in studio.
3: My pleasure thank you.
1: And a little bit about Frank. Frank is retired Air Force officer, MS, MBA, and university professor. He is the past president of two publicly traded companies and previously awarded a retail franchise. In 2013, Frank partnered with his wife, Lisa, to enter into uh, the professional business brokering on a full-time basis. In April of 2004, they affiliated with Business Brokers Network. Their company, the Dev Group LLC, was based in Tucson, Arizona. As owners of the dev group, they were in charge of all aspects of business brokerage services for the company. Now, in the spring of 2007, Frank and Lisa joined the brokerage franchise to expand the company's operation across the Southwest region and to provide professional brokerage services to business clients in the state of Arizona, New Mexico, and Western Texas regions. And now, in 2012, well, not right now, but in 2012, they moved right here into the Seattle area and joined the Cascade team, where Frank Frank now practices as business and commercial broker for Cascade. His a diverse brokerage, a teaching, and business coaching background affords him the opportunity to assist buyers and sellers in virtually all market segments. So, again, Frank, we're having a conversation and sharing with my listeners for anybody that owns a business and uh, preparing that business for sale. So what is the most important concern when preparing a business for sale?
3: The most important concern for anyone is trying to get their business ready for sale is to bringing up to bring up the value so that the business will actually bring what they want it or expect it to bring uh-huh. and uh, that uh, usually entails a couple of years of work in advance to make sure that your profits are up, your net operating income is up if that's if that's a determining factor and that you can list the business for what you really want to see from it
1: and so just like if you're selling a home I mean you want to make sure it's in in the best Uh, shape, unlike a home. Now with a business, you've got all the financials as well. You need to make sure that it's looking um, uh, ready to go. So what about the process for buying and selling a business? Well, we
3: use a uh, eight-step process that Lisa and I developed over the years mm-hmm. for transferring a business and um, we call it our, our process for a successful business transfer and I'll just quickly run through these. Okay. Uh, the first one is prepare a detailed offering package which means making sure the business actually does have that value and it's ready to be offered to the public. The second one is to prepare a business valuation. We do a business evaluation on every business that we list. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is because we want to know that the value is there so that we can effectively market it at that value. We develop a marketing plan We then begin to implement that plan and contact potential buyers. We negotiate the offer and the purchase with a letter of intent. Uh, We conduct a a due diligence process with either side or both, and we arrange financing and funding. Now, when I say arrange that, I mean we put people in contact with with the right um, bank or funding arm. For a particular business, that it's different for every every entity, mm-hmm. and then we attend the closing and arrange the range of transfer at the end. So that's kind of the process.
1: So you're doing all the all the eight steps and getting them hooked up and exactly what they need to do do to be successful during the process. Exactly. And who should they have on their team during the business? Transfer well.
3: Obviously, the the owners, uh-huh. uh, the key the key players in the business have to be there. Um, obviously, an accountant if they have one, an attorney if they have an, an attorney. If not, we try to find those for them to help us with with the numbers, um, and then a banker. A banker is always important. And if they have a broker, or if or if they need a broker, we can fill that role as well. Got so. it.
1: So the first question I asked you is, uh, you know, the concern is people, what they need to be cautious of, and, the, and it's the value. So how is the value of a business determined, Frank?
3: Well, there, we, there's three value valuation methods that we use. There are many, many methods, but the three that we use are the multiple of seller's discretionary earnings, and we mm-hmm. talked about that the last time, where discretionary earnings or the seller's discretionary earnings are literally the profit, the net net, ad, with adding back the owner's salary and the... Um, any perks they may have, whether it's their cell phone, mm-hmm. their car, um, insurance, whatever, that gets added back in. That becomes the SDE, and every business has a different multiple. So um, one business may have a multiple of SDE of two, and another one may have a multiple of SDE of ten, and that's mm-hmm. been determined over years and years and years of of study to find out what those multiples are. Um, a gentleman by the name of Tom West developed a what's called a business reference guide, and he's, over about 40 years, he's he's calculated out what those multiples generally turn out to be in a business transfer. The other is the buyer's test, and that's really the same thing that the SBA, the Small Business Administration, Mm -hmm. uh, runs when, um, when you go to get an SBA loan, and you're... You have to meet meet a certain threshold before they'll provide that loan. We run the same kind of calculation to make sure that you can hit that threshold. Okay. So that's one of those. And the last one is a market method. And it's basically the same thing as comps on a house. okay? So we're looking at your business against other businesses of the same size, same income, and same uh, profit to make sure that they're we're in the right right ballpark.
1: Got it. So are there things that a business owner <laughs> can do or where you can help in maximizing that? Uh, the value on the property, what can they do to list it at a higher uh, price?
3: Well, getting rid of excess inventory is always a a good one. Uh, Most businesses over years will will accumulate excess inventory or excess furniture fixtures and um, equipment. So getting rid of that initially, selling it off, getting rid of it helps a lot. The other is to um, start looking at your personnel. And if you have personnel, like uh, just as a first example, uh, we sold a business in Tucson once that had a um, had a family member on a payroll uh-huh. that literally did nothing. So we wow. had to, we had to take that.
1: You had to take that out of there so <laughs> it looks so it's, how it's how more profitable.
3: <laughs> right, right. So you know that's one of the things that we have to do. We have to make sure that we have the right numbers and, and uh, but getting rid of the waste uh, and and then looking at ways to improve the profit, cutting your mm-hmm. cost, increasing your prices, those kind of things. that that'll bring the value up and make your business worth more.
1: So, like a lot of things that we do in our our business, hiring a coach or a mentor or consultant, somebody that uh, really ex- is an expert in that area, is is it wise and is that something a business owner can do to hire a consultant or a coach to help them to increase that value on their property?
3: It's just like any other coach or uh-huh. advisor. Um, you know, when uh, when you're having issues losing weight, you go find a weight loss coach, or if you, have, Makes you sense. know, or if you have a problem with your car, you go to see a mechanic. The bottom line is, is that, yes, um, finding a good business coach, finding an advisor to help you bring that value up is, is, will pay for itself mo- many times over in most cases.
1: Got it. Okay. And what about the difference between a business appraisal and a business valuation?
3: Well, business appraisals are a long, drawn-out process, and, and they're necessary for large businesses, millions of dollars Okay. Um, uh, that, that will sell for millions of dollars. And it's a long, drawn-out process. It's very expensive, very expensive. In that, mm-hmm. it's um, you know the the cheapest one I've seen has been like fifteen thousand bucks. Okay. So it's just a, a, a and and they go through everything. Uh, and, uh, so you're hiring uh, different consultants for different areas, um, and and uh, making sure that. What's on that bottom line or on those balance sheets and and p and ls are absolutely accurate mm-hmm. a business evaluation is is a much shorter review of the finances to try to determine value okay. not going through every nook and cranny of, so of is the so that business. like
1: that's the the first part of it to that's see right. where you're at got it um so it, determining uh, if their business will sell, is there something that a business owner can do? To get an idea of the market, get an idea of their company, just to see if it's um, if it might sell.
3: Well, most businesses uh, will sell over the long term, okay. or they'll be tra- long
1: term meaning
3: multiple years, yes. many years. Yeah, or they'll be transferred to a family member or to a, a relative or something like that. But just for some statistics on business sales, businesses that do under seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales have a one in five chance of selling, so under twenty percent, honestly. Really? Wow. Yes. Sales of Under
1: 750,000, you said.
3: In sales, right. Businesses that have sales of 750 to 2 million have a 1 in 4 or 25% okay. right. chance. Sales from 2 million to, to um, 30 million, uh, will, or I'm sorry, from 2 million to 6 million have about a 29% chance of selling. Mm-hmm. And sales of 30 million or more have a 1 in 3 or one third chance. chance. So,
1: really? Yeah. That is surprising statistics. I know, it's
3: crazy, isn't huh. it? it? It's crazy. But that's true, and we, we run across that all the time. The, what makes a business sell is getting the the um, marketing out to enough people across the country mm-hmm. and even across the globe um, to make to find an attractive buyer.
1: Well, I'd imagine a classical globe is important because there's a lot of people coming in exactly. to our country to take advantage of being an entrepreneur and yeah. yeah. And,
3: and we use different databases that send uh, information everywhere. We get calls from China, Dubai, mm-hmm. the UK, um, all over the place. As a result of wh- of how we list these businesses, for sale.
1: got it. So, what about the time that it takes to to sell on a, a typical um, successful process?
3: The uh, fastest mm-hmm. uh, that we've ever done was about six weeks, start to finish.
1: That sounds pretty crazy.
3: It was crazy, mm-hmm. uh, but it worked, and and most of them between six and twelve months uh, is what you're looking for. Okay seldom, if you get to two years, you can pretty much bet that you're not gonna, you're not gonna make it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now, I would imagine, uh, Frank, having great representation um, on, on your side and representing that, that actual sell is a, a big part of the process in finding buyers. Is that, are, are you the one that really is connecting with that role tour, or how else are they finding buyers?
3: Well, family first. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if you can find a family member who's interested. Uh, secondly, in your community. Um, mm-hmm. If you live in a small community, put the word out. Uh, if you have a broker, the broker is going to go to the world. He's going to okay. try to find, um, honestly, he's going to try to find a buyer no matter where they come from. But he's going to look at those buyers and make sure they're they're good for the business and good for the community.
1: Okay. So, hiring a business uh, broker, would you ever sell a business and not hire a business broker to represent you
3: well I am one I know
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so the answer to that question is no yeah no. okay how, say
1: you're not one I mean why would you it's, well, it's like selling your house I that, mean you know you look at all the statistics with for sale by owner I mean you really if you want to maximize you need to have an expert
3: it's the same difference it's yes. exactly the same mm-hmm. difference if you if you want to sell it hire a good broker get yep. the word out and 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 let them let them manage it for you because Makes total sense. you honestly, a business owner doesn't have the time nor the expertise well, to well, actually to manage say a business. Owner.
1: Those are the two key things: it is time and it is expertise. So, list out as we wrap up my time with here you uh, here, Frank. What is what is the broker doing for uh, the owner?
3: Well, the broker, the eight steps that we talked about earlier. Yes, the broker is key in in fundamental in every one okay. of those steps. So okay. he's taking the 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 leadership role in every one of those and. It's from preparing a business for sale all the way down to getting it closed and uh-huh. you know, finding the banks, finding the funds. So the broker is taking the lead role. He's captaining, captaining that ship, if you will, to make sure that Love the that. process starts and it ends in the way it should.
1: Makes total sense. Frankie, Frank, thanks, sir. Frankie, I called you Frankie. Frank. <laughs> I always yeah. Wait till Lisa hears that one. Frank, thanks for coming back in studio. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation. And get your wife in here. I'd love to love to have her in here with you. Well, so she, Lisa, I'm saying this online, so I expect to have you here next time. Well, she's
3: been very, very busy with uh, commercial deals, uh, yes. five to 25 units. Yeah. And, uh, it's keeping her very busy. But yes. You'll we'll let her know. Her yes.
1: Thanks again, Frank. Coming up next on the Money Hour, are you smart? and safe with your financial investments. Tony Sablon with New York Life Eagle Strategies right here at on 1150 AM at KKNW after this short break.
4: Are you near retirement, recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan.
5: This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at tony sablon at eaglestrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977 or reach me online at tony sablon at eagle
0: you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell sponsored by absolute mortgage a division of pinnacle capital mortgage corporation now in the studio local mortgage and finance expert tina mitchell
1: well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 19th show. I bring into studio each week, the best of the best experts in all areas regarding your money right here in our local market. Uh, if you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but to talk with any of the guests that I have in studio, if you want to chat with me, feel free to call us show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 or online at hour.com And first time in studio, I get to have a chance to have a conversation with uh, Tony Sablon with New York Life Eagle Strategies. And we're going to talk about financial planning success. Tony, thank you for coming in and joining me in studio.
5: Mattina well, thanks thanks for having me on the show
1: of course little backing on Tony Tony is a wealth advisor with Eagle strategies LLC he is also the founder of the ultimate wealth strategies based in Bellevue Washington Tony works with individual families and business owners to identify that what motivates them what keeps them up at night and then focuses on financial solutions that help them uh, make their goals reality he not only relies on his own knowledge and expertise but also an experience and uh, of, of team of his team experts and specialists. His mission is to develop uh, enduring relationships with his clients by providing expert guidance pertaining to life insurance strategies, investment and upgrading people's financial plans. And very excited, Tony. He's also uh, soon to be an author for financial planning book coming out the fourth quarter of this year. so that's very exciting. So, Tony, let's go ahead and start out with um, uh, providing a little bit about who you are. I'll share that with my listeners. So, who are you, Tony?
5: Well, uh, I'm a wealth advisor at Eagle Strategies. And like you mentioned earlier, helping people with their financial plan. I'm mm-hmm. also the executive VP of business development uh, for the Association of Latino Professionals for America. It's the oldest and largest professional nonprofit Latino organization in the U.S. And uh, you know we help build Latino leaders. And when I'm not doing professional work in my spare time, uh, it's kind of crazy. I coach at the oldest mixed martial arts gym in the U.S., which is actually mm-hmm. in downtown Kirkland. It's called AMC Pancration, and where the current UFC champ, uh, Demetrius Johnson, uh, trains out of.
1: Oh wow! How exciting!
5: Yeah. So he actually has a fight coming up in April, and uh-huh. uh, I'm. Kind of his punching bag
1: oh no that will. doesn't so that doesn't sound like too much fun you look pretty good today it doesn't look like he's punched you around too much so, right. <laughs> so what do you do uh with eagle strategies
5: so i help folks uh, individuals families uh business owners with regards to their tax efficient and investment mm-hmm. uh saving strategies and so oftentimes people have an offensive plan for saving uh, seldom do they have a defense. So I help folks um, you know, see if they can retire sooner than they otherwise, otherwise might, uh-huh. uh, invest more confidently, and enjoy greater peace of mind with their money. And also, you know, we take a look at their, what their individual human capital worth
1: is. Okay. So if I've, with a listener right now, um, was, would be asking ab- about today, what they need to know about their finances. How would you answer that, Tony?
5: So with, the, you know, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Um, you know, especially with respect to women these days, that's mm-hmm. kind of like where the wealth is transferring to. Women need to be students of their finances, and the most important reason why, in my opinion, is because women are living longer, um, the marital statuses are changing at a later mm-hmm. in later years. And also the money you save can determine the quality of lives we live as we age. Uh, just a few statistics here. So women 65 and older have 26% less income than men. Women are especially likely to f- fall into poverty when they no longer have a spouse. Also, in 2000, uh, of, of women from age 55 to 64, it was 50 per, 53% in the workforce. Uh-huh. Uh, the num- that number has since climbed in 2015 to 59% and these are single single women. Okay. So they're working longer, retiring later and having to save more as well.
1: That doesn't sound like fun. All right.
5: <laughs> so <laughs> if if you're a female listener out there, mm-hmm. have a plan.
1: Makes total sense. Yeah. So let's uh let's women let's get our finances uh all get them together. So what kind of financial planning uh do you do, Tony?
5: So, I, earlier I mentioned offensive and defensive planning. Uh-huh. So, if you think about, uh, you know, what won the Super Bowl this year and also when the Seahawks won, it was defense, uh-huh. right? So, I would take a look at a client's uh, portfolio and ask them, you know, what in your portfolio is protecting your investments? Because you can have a strong offense, but if you can't keep the lead, yeah. then you know, your, your investments are likely to go down.
1: So a lot of listeners probably have a 401k, most, uh, most people do, what would, you, um, what would you say on that as far as 401k and having that as your retirement?
5: So uh, I say the first rule <laughs> of any retirement strategy is take the free money. Yes, so, so if your
1: company is <laughs> participating and yes.
5: So if your company is participating, take the match. Mm-hmm. And uh, companies around the area are providing a great benefit f- to their employees but also one thing to remember is when you are contributing to your 401k, have a goal. What's what's the end game, uh-huh. right? Or, you know, you could be automatically saving 3% uh, to meet your company's match, or whether it's 6%, but try and spend some time to think about what the end game is. Like I want X amount of dollars in retirement, uh-huh. and the reason why I'm contributing this amount of money today is because I want X amount of dollars later down later down the road.
1: Yes, and I think it's important when you're doing that to really understand uh, what things are going to cost. And so it's and that's why having a financial planner is so important to really lay that out for you. What are your goals and what are those costs going to be at that time? Um, you know, and just ask yourself the question: Would you work in a job to where you're not going to be receiving any type of income? Mm-hmm from today on, because you really have to consider that because things are going to continue to go up, so you need to make sure your money is as well. So what else should people do to save money or to uh, accumulate assets for their retirement?
5: So typically people have 401ks, IRAs, and savings accounts, but seldom do we think about earning more money, right? We often talk about saving, investing, Yeah, but but how do we get a raise? How do you, how do you? Hey, that's just what I said. I was (laughs) reading your
1: mind there. (laughs) Go ahead, Tony. Sorry about that.
5: (laughs) Yeah. So you know, how can I make myself more marketable to Mm -hmm. my employer? Um, How do how do I make more money in the business? Do I get a side job? Think about how much that extra dollar would do for your retirement.
1: So, what about saving for other things? than just retirement?
5: It all starts with a goal. Okay. So if you're saving up for a boat, for that dream home you've always wanted, Mm -hmm. you gotta work the numbers backwards, Mm -hmm. right? So have a goal and then set a plan.
1: And I think, I always say it's important to, when you're talking about budgeting, you should always be saving for something, you know, so always have something that you want, because when you're saving for something, you will always be less apt to spend money. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're saving for as long as it's, well, it does. It matters that you're saving for something that you really want, but it doesn't matter if you're saving for that new purse, women out there, or if you're saving for that big boat or that first home, it's just something that you really want. If you want to save for that um, upgrade purchase for the family, but you'll be, uh, to spend less money as long as you're saving for something. So, everyone focuses on retirement planning, but what about the defensive side, as you probably would say, of the financial planning?
5: So, I'll ask people um, what is in their plan to protect their wealth. Mm-hmm. And whether you are single or have a family, you should have some form of protection. And that protection could be home insurance, mm-hmm. auto insurance, life insurance, health insurance. Because all those investments, the house, the boat, the car, don't mean anything if you're not around to produce the income to make those payments. Yes. Right? So what's in your portfolio Mm -hmm. to protect the income and your assets? And then also, you know, we we do protect our cars, our home, but seldom do we have life insurance. Mm Mm-hmm and in america there's a shortage or there's there there's a huge underinsured population and that could mean because of affordability but it also uh, could be because of just for a lack of education so working with your advisor or life insurance agent Mm -hmm. just ask just ask about life insurance.
1: And I think it's important. I'm glad that you brought that up in in really determining what options that you have as far as life insurance because there's so many different uh, avenues that you can go and you know just like a loan program for me and and mortgage there's a lot of different programs and all of the programs have something that is good and something that's not so good, it's just depending on what person it's for. So really uh, looking at your options and running those numbers and strategizing on what your plan is. And that's really what it's about. And having a financial planner is strategizing and planning for your future uh, as strategically as possible. So when uh, your clients come to you and they're asking for, well, what stock should they purchase? What are you... What are you, how are you answering that? What do we buy? <laughs>
5: <laughs> I usually get, uh, you know. No what tip you, today, right, Tony? Right, no tips. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> Can't help but ask it. But what are you saying when a client comes to you and says, hey, what stock should I buy?
5: So I usually ask them, well, you know, what, what's your goal with the money? And why are you trying to invest in stocks? What's your time horizon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because with stocks these days, I mean, you might get lucky. The stock will pop 30 40%. But the next day, it might go down as well. So you got to ask yourself, what, uh, what's your time horizon? Uh-huh. Why are you investing in this stock? And you know, when do you need this money?
1: So, Tony, you got another minute, and I'm going to take us to commercial here. But I'd like to wrap up our conversation uh, for a takeaway for my listeners. So what are you hoping that they take away from our conversation today?
5: So the main thing I'd like uh, the listeners to to have is a plan for your money. Okay. And keep a budget, improve yourself at work, make yourself more marketable. But when you have a plan for your money, you want a defensive plan Mm -hmm. and an offensive plan. How do you protect the lead?
1: So just like you're out there on the football field, make sure you have the defense and the offense. Tony, thank you so much for joining me in studio. It was great having a conversation uh, about finances and financial planning. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next in the money hour, what do you need to know about estate planning and taxes? Anton Cawthorn with Reed Longyear Law Group right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
4: Are you near retirement? Recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan.
5: This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at tony sablon at eaglestrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977. Or reach me online at Tony
6: Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. You must have thrown a thousand pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council. You're listening to the
0: Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 19th show. Each week I share expert advice and inside knowledge on how today's events and our local economy can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call into the show at one 855 400 1150 one 855 400 1150 or go online at themoneyhour.com, and I'll get you connected with any of the guests that I have in studio or always love. Listening from all of my listeners on topic suggestions and things and guests you'd like me to bring in for my hour with you. Right now in studio, I'm going to have a conversation with Anton Cawthorn with Reed Longyear uh, Law Group. And we're going to be talking today about state planning and taxes. Um, you know, great to have you back, Anton.
6: Yeah, thanks, Tina. It's great to be back.
1: Always love that word, taxes. He loves, loves paying those taxes.
6: (laughs) Yeah, Not the most exciting term for most people.
1: So a little bit about uh, Anton, he's a regular guest in studio and he is my expert in everything regarding estate planning, which is so important. I think that's an area there's procrastination in everything when we do with our regarding our financing, but I think this is an area that has extra procrastination and it's important not to do that, to make sure that your family is protected. And that's what this show is about is a better quality of life for you and your family. Anton's been working in areas of estate planning and estate tax planning for the last five years. He holds a law degree for University of San Diego and master's tax law for University of Washington. Anton focuses his practice on estate planning, tax planning, and small business planning. He is a member of the Washington State Bar Estate and Gift Tax Committee. So let's go ahead and start out with the taxes related to estate planning. Anton, can you break that down for my listeners?
6: Yeah. So Benjamin Franklin, back in 1789, famously said, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And the same is true today. Taxes aren't gone and we haven't figured out how to avoid death yet. So we're stuck with both of those for now. And estate planning actually involves a lot of the intersection of those two things, death and taxes. And it's kind of surprising to most people. Most people think estate planning and they think, where do things go when I pass away? Who's going to be in charge? And that's it. But that's not really it. There's a lot of complexity involved with estate planning, especially with taxes. And there's quite a few different taxes that can be involved and people are often surprised at how many taxes they need to plan for and think about. So there's a federal estate tax. We also have a federal gift tax and a federal generation skipping tax. Okay. On top of that, we've got a Washington estate tax and all of those taxes can stack on top of each other. So you can end up with quite a few taxes on the same dollar of your estate. Once you pass away, you can get a federal estate tax federal gen- generation skipping tax, and a Washington estate tax. So, so you we have, have to, to add
1: a plan. Washington in there as well.
6: Yep. So you can get all of those depending on the size of your estate. Okay. And those aren't the only taxes. You can also end up with a lot of income tax issues related to estate planning. So mm-hmm. when someone passes away, you're not done paying your income taxes. You yeah. still have a last year of life income tax return. And then even once you're gone, your estate, they may have income in their your estate, and they may have to do an income tax return for your estate. And if you created any trust during your lifetime out your death, they also may have tax returns. So there's quite a few tax issues related to estate planning once mm-hmm. you're alive and also once you pass away. So if you're going to do a comprehensive estate plan, you can't limit it just to who gets what when you pass away. You also have to include the idea of how am I going to plan for taxes, which taxes do I need to plan for, and who do I need to talk to to make sure I know how to plan for those taxes.
1: It's so important. If you're listening right now, just imagine if you're a father or a mother and something happens to you and what's what's left for the remaining family, not only to deal with the death of a loved one, but also now to pick up the pieces because the estate planning was not put into place. I'm really passionate about, um, about this topic and, and just appreciate Anton uh, having you here so much. So, what should people do to make sure that their estate has proper tax planning?
6: Well, the first and the most easy solution is talk with an attorney who knows about taxes and estate planning, Mm -hmm. and that's the best way to do it. If you try to go out there and do this on your own, you're likely to miss details, make mistakes, and mess things up. So really just go out there, find an attorney that you're comfortable with, an attorney you like, and that has the knowledge in the area that you need, which again is estate planning and tax planning, because that attorney can walk you through the entire process. And really part of the goal is to make sure you talk with an attorney who gives you the information you need to understand your options, Uh and so you can weigh the positives and the negatives to each type of planning you may do, because you may not be able to achieve all of your goals, but that attorney can give you the knowledge to know which solution will be the best solution for you.
1: Yeah, and you may be listening, thinking, well, gosh, isn't an attorney gonna be expensive? Well, it's gonna cost money, but think how expensive it's gonna be without an attorney. So what kind of costs are associated, Anton, uh, to, uh, hire an attorney, a tax, tax attorney, to assist with the
6: yeah, proper that's, advice. That's a question many people have. They think, well, do I really need to talk to an attorney, especially mm-hmm. an estate planning attorney, a tax attorney? It's going to cost me a lot of money. People are afraid of that hourly billing. They're afraid yes. you know, every minute they're on the clock, they're getting another dollar out of their pocket. And so that's one of those things that stops people from doing estate planning. But the answer is... You know, It's almost more expensive to not do the estate planning, and I've seen this in many situations. People want to do DIY, do-it-yourself estate planning, and they go out there, they put together a plan, and they have all kinds of goals. They've heard all these different things about estate planning, like I have to avoid probate, I have to avoid Medicaid payback, and so they have these ideas, and they try to plan around it without the knowledge of the tax law, and these can create huge, costly mistakes. One of the very common ones that I see is people, for some reason, either medicaid planning probate avoidance or estate tax yeah. avoidance they gift property to their children and often the thing they gift is their home say so they have yes. owned a residence for the last 40 years they paid fifty thousand dollars through residence. it's now worth five hundred thousand dollars the thing people aren't thinking about are capital gains taxes yeah so capital gains taxes are tax essentially it's the difference between purchase price and sale price when you sell the property so your initial purchase price difference between that and the sale price you're going to pay a tax rate of 15 to 23.8 percent on that yeah If you gift that property to somebody else, and people often do that, they're going to get the same starting point for their capital gains as you had, Mm -hmm. which means if you purchased for $50,000, well, when they sell that property, it's as if they purchased it for $50,000 originally. Now, if you hold on to property until you die, though, all capital gains are completely wiped out. So they get the property as if they had purchased it at the date of death value. So they've got zero capital gains. And this is the common mistake I see people. They gift away the property to their children or someone else to avoid probate mm-hmm. estate taxes. Well, they've also gifted the capital gains back to the government because when their children sell that property, now they have huge taxes. So that $50,000 property that's now worth $500,000, uh-huh. the children sell it and now they have up to $100,000 of extra capital gains that they didn't need to pay if the parents have just held onto the property. If they had, have had proper estate planning ahead mm-hmm. of time to know what they were doing. So it's very important, and in this case, the cost of an attorney would have been far, far less yeah. than the cost of the mistake they made with the capital gains taxes.
1: And I'm having a conversation here for 13 minutes or, or my time with Anton, and this is just one example. So we could have a, uh, an entire show with all the examples of what you could get stuck with by not having the right advice. And what about, if, if let's say that there are tax issues, and what situations that they would be in tax issues that they would actually... Then at that time, I'll talk with an attorney.
6: Yeah, it's hard to give a full list of everything that you need to talk about, but mm-hmm. there are certain situations where somebody should always think about talking to their attorney. The first one is I- doing any sort of gifting. Whether or not it's sell- giving your house away to your children or just giving a large amounts of assets, anytime you want to do gifting, talk to your attorney. Of course, Christmas gifts, small birthday gifts, you don't have to worry about it there, but it's when uh-huh. you're giving larger gifts to family members, friends or anybody else. And the reason is there can be numerous tax issues, gift tax issues, loss of capital gains basis step up like we already talked about. So mm-hmm. when you're thinking about doing gifting, talk to that attorney, make sure they help you out with the plan, make sure it's structured properly.
1: Makes sense. So is gifting a property a good idea? You're like a home? Yeah, it can. To avoid paying the taxes?
6: It can be a good idea in certain situations. So it can be difficult to know when to do it if you don't talk to the attorney. Okay. So it depends on your goals, depends on the size of your estate, whether or not it would be a good idea to gift property down to your children or other beneficiaries. If you have a large estate, in some cases, it can be a good idea to gift property down to your children. Mm -hmm. Other cases, though, it can be a bad idea. So the Washington estate tax starts out 10%. So you get 10% on the first million in the Washington estate tax. Well, capital gains rates are 15%. Again, if you gift property down to your children and they're going to face higher capital gains, the capital gains rates could exceed the estate tax rate. So you need to talk to that attorney and maybe even work with a financial advisor at the same time to take a look at the whole picture and see what makes the most financial sense. We're going to think about gifting property to children or other beneficiaries.
1: So reaching into the, the, the pool of people that you have helping in all all areas regarding your financing. So what type of planning can be done to reduce estate tax, uh, taxes, Anton?
6: Yeah, there's quite a bit of planning out there that you can do in order to reduce estate taxes. Uh, some of the more common things, if you're married, everybody has an exemption of $2 million. If you don't do any planning ahead of time, you can waste the first spouse to die exemption. The most common thing people do is they say when the first spouse dies, put the assets into a trust that can hold the first spouse's $2 million exemption. Okay. It's a pretty simple technique, most people do it. As you get larger stakes, there's more gifting planning that people end up doing. And there's a lot of these four letter acronyms people use for these types of planning. There's GRATs, CRATs, Klats, IDGTs, Islets, these fancy names for techniques that your attorney can talk to you about. Uh-huh. One of the common ones people use, the Islet. Irre- irrevocable life insurance trust. Yep. It's a tool you can use if you want to make sure your life insurance isn't included as part of your state. Very, very common tool for people to use. But all these tools can be used together. And it's important to talk to the attorney to make sure you know which ones work for you. You don't want to have an estate plan where you try to use all of these. You don't want to have the shock approach of, I'm going to use every tool. It doesn't yes. work that way. You want to make sure you have one that's tooled to your state and it works with what you have in your life and it accomplishes your goals.
1: It makes total sense. So what should a listener worry about with uh, income taxes when it comes to estate planning?
6: Yeah. The common thing out there are retirement plans. So retirement plans are income deferred plans. And one of the other mistakes people make is they don't do beneficiary planning with those. And the big benefit you have with retirement plans beyond your own retirement is when you pass away, if you name a beneficiary, they can get deferred tax benefits just like you did. So if you name your surviving spouse as a beneficiary of your IRA or your 401k, they can roll it over to their own account. Mm -hmm. If you name your children, grandchildren, or somebody else a beneficiary, They can get something called an inherited IRA that allows them to defer taxes over their lifetime. If you do improper planning, though, it can cause all the taxes to be paid within five years after you pass away, which is a huge income tax hit. So you want to make sure with income taxes, you want to plan for your beneficiary designations on your retirement accounts.
1: Okay. So, Anton, I've heard that uh, life insurance isn't taxable, so does that mean that we don't need to worry about tax planning when it comes to life insurance?
6: Yeah. And actually, you're exactly right that life insurance isn't income taxable. But there's a big myth out there that life insurance isn't taxable at all. Well, it's part of your taxable Mm -hmm. estate for estate tax purposes. And it's one of those things that many people miss. Many people forget that they've got a life insurance policy out there, and maybe it's an accidental policy. You may have a dangerous job. And if you pass away on the job during an accident, you could have a huge payout. And so with Washington's $2 million exemption, that life insurance policy could be something that could push you above that exemption and cause estate taxes. Wow! So if you do have life insurance, you want to make sure you talk to your attorney to see if you need to do some sort of planning like that islet that I talked about earlier, the irrevocable life insurance trust. okay? Because that's a tool you can use to move life insurance out of your state. So it's just an important thing for people to know.
1: Okay, so for my listeners, in planning for a, a death of a loved one, what would you tell them to do?
6: When you have a loved one pass away, the important thing to do is to get together a team of people who can assist you with the process of negotiating what happens after someone passes away. Mm-hmm. The common people you're gonna to wanna to have in this team is one, your estate planning attorney who understands the tax law. Two, you're gonna want an accountant, and three, you're probably gonna want a financial planner. So the estate planning attorney is the one who can guide you through the laws, make sure you're following all the laws that you need to follow, make sure you're filing the right paperwork, making sure you're not going to get in trouble legally. They can also help you with some of the tax issues and they're going to work with the accountant. So the accountant and the tax attorney will work together to make sure you've made the right decisions because there's some elections you can make after somebody passes away that can have a tax impact and you want to make sure you've got that team approach to that. Along with that, the accountant's going to help you filing those income tax returns. Now, during your lifetime, you may have filed your own tax returns, but when someone passes away, it's time to get professional help because okay. things get more complicated. So you want to go out there and make sure you have an accountant helping you with that.
1: Now, I know of what we've talked before, but I want to bring it up since we're talking about um, you know, when loved ones pass away. What about when your spouse passes away and you own real estate?
6: Yeah, if your spouse passes away and you own real estate, one of the big things you want to make sure you do is talk to the attorney. It's very okay. common. One problem I often see Spouse passes away and everyone assumes, Washington's a community property state. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. That's not true. If you don't do anything, you may have the problem of the spouse ends up not owning the whole property. So if you're the surviving spouse, you only own half the real estate unless you've done something to transfer your deceased spouse's real estate into your name. So you want to make sure you talk to the attorney to do that. The problem I often see is uh, somebody comes to me, they lost their spouse 10, 20 years ago, and they say, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to sell my real estate, but they say my deceased spouse's name on the title. Can you just take it off for me real quick? My answer usually is, we're going to have to go through Mm a probate, and that's not going to be a quick process. It's going to be a few weeks at the earliest, if not a few months before you can do this. So talk to the attorney as soon as you lose your spouse. Make sure you take care of it ahead of time, because you don't want to be about to sign the paperwork and find out you can't sign it without doing that probate.
1: Exactly. So uh, taxes, I I mean, the laws change all the time. And so why is it important for my listeners to plan for taxes in their estate right now, even though they could change with the coming elections?
6: Yeah, this is a common question that I get from my clients. They say, why should I even bother planning? You know, we may end up with a new party in the White House, and next thing you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to have no state taxes, or these taxes are going to completely change. Well, the issue is none of us know when we're going to die, and we know the laws are right now, and if you don't do any planning for it right now, if something happens, it doesn't work for you. The plan's not set up, and it's going to fail. And who knows? The laws could stay exactly as they are for 10 or 20 years before you have the drastic change, and you want to make sure your plan's set up to work now. If things do change in the future, we can create a new plan at that time. But it's unlikely there's going to be drastic changes without at least some sort of warning to give you the time to plan ahead. So plan now, plan in the laws that we have, and when things do change, we can make the updates. Because yeah. if you don't plan, you're guaranteed to fail and you don't have a path to su- success.
1: It makes total sense. So like any anybody else on your, your financial wealth team... Um, your financial planner, your licensed CPA, your estate planner, they're all really, really important to make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do. And so when you're, your clients, Anton, how, how often do you uh, encourage your clients to check in with you and to make sure that everything is, is all up to date?
6: Yeah, usually every three to five years, or if you have a major life event, marriage, divorce, birth, death in the family, anything like that, that's the time to come back and check with your estate planning attorney. And there may be no changes. Everything may be the same, but it's just a good idea to go Mm -hmm. talk to them because that gives you the peace of mind of knowing everything's working. And when it comes to estate planning, peace of mind is why you do it, because you're gone when everything comes into effect. Exactly. So if you want to have that peace of mind, just do that check-in occasionally to make sure it really is going to continue working. Makes total sense.
1: Anton, thank you so much for joining me back in studio. always appreciate you. Yeah, Thank you. And that is the show for today. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and Saturday, depending on what day you're listening to the show. And I will be here same time, same place next Saturday right here at 1150 a.m. KKNW.
0: The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.